Hi, everyone. Welcome back for episode 48 of the Simply Well Podcast. I'm your host, Colin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. How are we doing, everybody? We're just a couple of best friends who are passionate about all things pop culture. If you're looking for lukewarm takes on movies, video games, TV shows, or even the occasional comic, then we have the show for you. That's fucking right. Yeah. That's like... I think that's accurate. Yeah. I'm like... You want to come? You came to the right place. Nope. <laughs> Uh, this week we're actually doing comic books yeah. again, like we're doing yeah, yeah, comic yeah. book club. I was very, I'm very, I was very excited. <laughs> Whoa! I'm a little tippy tap, you know, getting yeah, ahead get of your myself. Feet clicking. <laughs> got my heels. You know, like. <laughs> You're swinging your feet like they're not touching the yeah. ground. Bro's got you smiling like that. <laughs> <laughs> me reading my comics. Uh, anyways. We're each going to give the other one our thoughts and recommendations on a comic that we read this week. Yeah. Uh, we decided that in lieu of like a specific hero or like publishing house, we were just going to do indie comics as our prompt basically mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. Something not not Marvel or Star Wars. Yeah. Exactly. Or like Big Brain. Yeah. In fact, we've never read a DC comic. Uh-uh, not on the podcast. But I chose to read Sex Criminals yes. um, by Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky, and you decided on... It was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Final Ronin. Oh. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to do a Hellboy. I, I was, but I was, I was sitting there thinking at work, and I was like, well, I was looking at Hellboy comics, and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that one looks really interesting, and I, I, think, I think I'm still going to go back and read a couple Hellboy yeah. comics. Um, but then I did stumble upon... The last run, the last run. Before, well, I, think it's, uh, I think it's the final, the final run. And so I was like, it's destiny. <laughs> it's fate. <laughs> yeah. And who's this one written by? Ooh, shit. Um, oh, I had everything God. pulled up on my phone because I had to fucking read like a jerk off. Kevin Eastman. Kevin Eastman? Yeah. And? 2022. Uh, that says that was it. Or well, maybe illustration done by. Right, yeah. Uh, oh, no. Art by... Kevin Eastman. My God, he's, he's so a fucking, yeah. No, so don't fucking tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I didn't say you were wrong. I was just going, and? I guess I did. <laughs> no, but uh, I'm very excited to talk about it, so. Good. So, well, before we do get to talk about our books, yes. we have to talk about um, The Passing of Annie Wershing, mm-hmm. The Last of Us Season 2. Yes. Uh, the Tomb Raider Universe. Yeah. Uh, so we got some updates on Justin Roiland. Yes. Uh, as well as our Oscar nominees. Mm-hmm. And some news about the day before. I don't like when you hit me with this news. <laughs> like, I'm not not a fan. Well, so if you're ready, we'll just jump into it. Okay. So, like I said, starting off the top here, uh, we do have to talk about Annie Wershing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she was known for TV roles in 24 and Bosch, as well as for portraying the character of Tess in The Last of Us video game. Uh, she, she passed away this past Sunday after a battle with cancer. And her husband, Stephen Full, said in a statement, there is a cavernous hole in our soul, or sorry, in the soul of this family today, but she left us the tools to fill it. She found wonder in the simplest moment. She didn't require music to dance. She taught us not to wait for the adventure to find you. She said, go find it. It's everywhere. And find it, we shall. Yeah. And that's, and then, yeah, that's a nice, that's a nice, nice. way to, to remember her. Um, she was 45, and there is apparently a GoFundMe. Hmm. To kind of help her, her family and, and things like that. Oh, sure. So if that's something that somebody's interested in, I'm sure yeah. if you just Google, you know, um, Annie Wershing, GoFundMe, mm. you'll, you'll be able to find that. Uh, obviously, a lot of the people that she's worked with in, in TV and gaming have, have all kind of come out and given their paid their respects and, and kind of drawn attention to that GoFundMe. So I'm, I'm sure and hopeful that, you know, yeah. her family will be 
at least financially okay oh, yeah. in, in her her absence. The Last of Us on HBO has officially been greenlit for a second season after its premiere episode passed 22 million views. Damn. Uh, or, or watches, viewers, sure. I don't know how you... Sure. Uh, this past week. Obviously, the, those that number is still climbing, but right. that's just... Because it passed the 22 million and got greenlit before episode three aired Jeez. on Sunday. So no, I have not seen episode three yet. <sighs> it's the best episode I so know. far. That's what you've been telling me. Because you are the only source of news that, like... When you're like, have you seen it yet? I was like, no. And you're like, have you seen anything about it? And I was like, no, yeah. thankfully. Yeah, that's good because everything it, on my. But then again, it did come out yesterday, and uh-huh. I went to work, so I haven't really been on my yeah. phone. And when I have, like on my lunch, I was reading well, the well, comic. Watch it before you run our Twitter. No, I'm gonna be re- watching it tonight. Yeah, because you know, <laughs> like Twitter's been just chock full I of f- stuff. I figured. I saw something on Instagram, like on my mm-hmm. way home, I like I pulled in yeah. and I was like, I'm going to check Instagram real quick. And yeah. it was like the last of us. And I just, you know, <laughs> like, close that. Close. I was like, all right, <laughs> that's bad enough of that. But uh, let's see here. So executive producer of the series and the developer of the game, Neil Druckmann said, I'm humbled, honored, and frankly overwhelmed that so many people have tuned in and connected with our retelling of Joel and Ellie's journey. Mm. The collaboration with Craig Mazin, our incredible cast and crew and HBO exceeded my already high expectations. Now we have the absolute pleasure of being able to do it again with season two. So both Neil and Craig have kind of at least hinted at or suggested that the second season is just going to jump directly into the second game. Which makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. They're and not going like, to do any. I think that's completely okay having yeah. it just as a two season thing. Just the first well, and second. So on that note, they've also kind of talked about at least Craig Mays. And I don't know that Neil's addressed it, mm-hmm. but Craig Mason is kind of under the impression that the last of us part two would probably be a two season okay. story only because I mean, you figure there is that, a lot that it's like over, it's about a 20 hour game. Mm-hmm. And the first one is like nine to 10. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And that's okay. And I could maybe see how they would break it down. I don't think they would break it down the way it's broken down in the game. No. I'm trying to avoid spoilers for people who sure. don't know the game, but know the show. Yeah, I think that'd be funny. Or not funny, but... It, It'd be odd. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure they'll find a way to pull oh, it off. Yeah. But I'd be interested to see who they get to play Abby. Yeah. Yeah, Abby is a very specific... specific yeah, a particular person. It's a particular mm-hmm. build. and I mean, anybody can get fit. But... I was going to say, yeah, but, like, you know... Yeah, because she's just like... She and actresses an... do that all the time mm-hmm. for Marvel, so I yeah. can't see why. Yeah, because she is an incredibly built... built. Person. Like a, what do we say? Like a yeah, like, like a like a like a like, <laughs> like an, an ox. ox. <laughs> yeah, strong like bull, <laughs> like bull. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Here. Amazon has recently announced a Tomb Raider series oh. is in production to be penned and, and sorry, I don't know what uh, I tried to type, but it says penned next produced. <laughs> I'm assuming maybe penned and executive produced by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who mm. wrote and starred in uh, Fleabag, which is a show that I'm always telling you to watch. Yes. Um, very good. So she's not, there's no news about her starring in it or anything like that. She's strictly writing and mm-hmm. producing it. Mm-hmm. Apparently she's personally like a, a big Tomb Raider fan. Yeah. And so she was like, yes, I will. Dude, I remember when... Uh, Tomb Raider came out for the Xbox 360. The, like, reboot that they yeah. did? Yeah. It was really Dude, good. It was really good, and I had the, the big, fat crush on uh, Laura Croft yeah. at that point. I was like, oh, my God. 
Well, when, when Tomb Raider came out in like 96, the boys had to crush on her then, well, too. Then, but that's the thing. But then I was like, well, I didn't know anything about Laura Croft. Yeah, so yeah, I started yeah. like playing some of the old games, uh-huh. too. And I mean, I was fucking with the triangle tits. Like, no, I'm, yeah. I'm down with it, baby. <laughs> I'm not going to shy away yeah, from don't it. Don't you think I am? Uh, Ness's sources have told. Like, look at me. Don't. Don't think that. <laughs> it wasn't, man. <laughs> I just got super serious. Right, man. Fucking listen. <laughs> Sources have told the Hollywood Reporter that Amazon actually has bigger plans for Laura Croft that include an interconnected web of media that would include a feature-length film, okay. uh, video games, and the aforementioned series all taking place in the same like universe, I mm-hmm. suppose, mm-hmm. where this show that Phoebe Waller-Bridge is making would tie directly into... Uh, the movie that they make, which will also be in the same continuity as the games that they're making. So that'd be interesting yeah. to, to see we them take had a swing something like, Yeah, we haven't had something like that. And... Include the, in, to, to like include the video game. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I mean, I guess Star Wars. Yeah. You know, the, because the, uh, what, Jedi Fallen Order is the only game so far that is canonical, Canon. I think. Yeah. Maybe. No, I guess that would be it. Well, no, Battlefield or Battlefront 2. Has a campaign. Yeah. But either way, you know, so recent Star Wars games have made, like, they are canon. And so, yeah, you've got that that kind of thing. But they did compare, um, like, to, to Marvel and what they're doing with, like, the TV and the, sure. and the movies. Sure. But I do, I do like the idea of somebody else taking a swing at it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you could do anything with Tomb Raider. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to reboot... With like Laura Croft, you know, Laura Croft or somebody else. I mean, or just pick it up, just a treasure yeah. hunting. I mean, you can. I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm flexible. So Justin Roiland, hard mm. <laughs> pivot. Yeah, yeah, no way around it. Justin Roiland, I didn't want to come to this story out of Annie Wershing's passing. Mm. So there's just no. I was like, do yeah. I clump all the serious news? I don't know. I don't know, man. But so Justin Roiland, following recent domestic violence charges, has been fired from Solar Opposites and Koala Man, both on Hulu, mm. uh, as well as his involvement with Rick and Morty at Adult Swim being canceled. Yes. Uh, no word yet on the fate of the two prior series at Hulu. However, Adult Swim has announced that it intends to recast the title roles of Rick and Morty. Yes. Because uh, they had like a 70 episode order, uh, which they're at 40. Mm-hmm. Or I think they have 40 episodes left in that yeah. that order. So. That gets them through a tenth season. Did did we talk about Sean Kelly? I don't think so. So Sean Kelly is a guy that um, Justin Roiland talked about in an interview prior, mm-hmm. and he said that like he kind of he does like voice impressions, and he was a fan, and he sent one to him, mm-hmm. but he said like it's really good, and so like they kind of like started talking and everything, and they got him in on the studio or not in the studio, but like together and mm-hmm. like recorded voices and played him back, and Justin Roiland was like. I couldn't tell the difference. So well, every, everyone's like, everyone's like, get Sean Kelly to do it. And yep. Sean Kelly's been posting a bunch of stuff on like TikTok, doing impressions yeah. and stuff, trying to be like, hey, adult swim. Right, yeah. So I mean, maybe. I mean, hopefully he does that. I mean, because he, when he does the impressions, he's, yeah, he is yeah, spot on. on. So I'm like, I mean, that would be cool. Um, and, and apparently Justin Roiland hasn't been involved as a writer very much in Rick and Morty for the mo- you know, for most of the the series now where I think his last involvement was like halfway through season two, I was reading. Mm-hmm. So from a writing standpoint, you shouldn't notice his absence, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then if you're able to, to replace the voice for something that sounds know. identical. Right now, how much of Rick and Morty comes down to the writing of those characters versus improv of those characters. I'm not sure. Cause mm-hmm. I do understand that he does a lot of improv. That makes so that might be which something would be like you... a lot of like the wubble of a dub dubs or right, like the, yeah. the random noises yeah. he makes. 
Yeah, so you might miss out on some of that. Out of everything. Oh, I scratch my neck. Sue me. <laughs> While we're trying to speak and there's just a... <laughs> I got this scarf on me because it's so cold. It's a little itchy. Uh, but Justin Rowan has also resigned from his position at Squanch Games, which recently launched the High on High Life. Life yeah. So he's he's pretty much out. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, if the charges are, are valid, then yeah, good. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Sorry, bub. Oscar noms, right? Yes. We got, we got all of them. Mm. Uh, I'm not listing all of them. There's a lot of them. Okay. But the highlights here, uh, 11 nominations for Everything Everywhere All at Once. As it should. Uh, which is, I believe it's the, the front runner right now as far as like, it has the most nominations of a single yes. film right now uh, this year. That includes all your, your major ones. Best Picture, Best Director, Best, you know, Best Actor, Best Actress, or no, not Best Actor um, in, a, in a lead role. There mm-hmm. was no actor in a lead role. But uh, Kihi Kwan was nominated for Best Supporting. Best Supporting. And both Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Hsu were nominated yeah. for Best Supporting Actress, mm-hmm. which we were kind of talking, you know, personally when that came out. And we were like, man, I, it's neat that ja- uh, Jamie Lee Curtis got nominated, but I, I think Stephanie Hsu deserves yeah. it more of yeah. the two of them. <sighs> Angela Bassett is the first actor to receive a nomination f- for an Oscar for their performance in a Marvel film. Oh. Yeah. She got nominated for Best Supporting Actress in Black Panther yeah, Wakanda Forever. Yeah. And she is the first actor in the Marvel Universe to get nominated for their performance in the Marvel Universe. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying to think. There's like, never been a Marvel no. performance that was nominated. Typically, you know, a Marvel mm. film gets nominated for the visual effects, sure. costume design, maybe sound design, you know, a lot of your, your technical mm-hmm. effects and things like that. Or, for... or like Black Panther got nominated for Best Picture. But no, no, none of the actors have ever been nominated for their performances other than until Angela Bassett now. So we made it, what, 15 years almost into the Jesus. MCU? Yeah. So there was a lot of, uh, lot of highlights there. Fucking Top Gun Maverick is nominated for oh, Best yeah. Picture and quite a few uh, other nominees. I ain't gonna lie, I've been fucking uh, bumping on the Top Gun Maverick soundtrack. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Driving to work. Just bomb. <laughs> Highway to the danger zone. And just swerving it out of cars. <laughs> I'm just fucking hitting the cones. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking bumping the curb. <laughs> Yeah, not driving well. Yeah. <laughs> or you just turn on Freebird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so this segment is a little bit pre-recorded, only because I needed a catch. We're, we're several days away from recording day, and I wanted you to not know this news when I delivered it to you, okay? Oh, no. What do you think it is? And someone died. No, no. Okay, no. good. No, but you might feel that way. So because this is so unprepared for me, I'm taking, I'm going to try and uh, give credit here. Uh, there is a PC Gamer article that was uh, recommended to me that's been written by Andy Chalk, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be paraphrasing that mm-hmm. article because mm-hmm. I've got it up here for reference. So mm-hmm. basically, today is the 26th. Mm-hmm. On the 25th, yesterday, mm-hmm. the day before was removed from Steam. No. Yes. So the article here says that... Uh, uh, in a statement released on January 25th, Fantastic said the removal was the result of a trademark claim against the title, which it only found out about on January 19th. And because of the dispute, the planned gameplay reveal, which was going to be about a 10-minute gameplay reveal, uh, was put on hold, and the release date was pushed back from March 1st to November 10th. Nuh-uh. <laughs> because of a fucking they won't change their name? 
I, no, so I don't know. I don't know all the details. So in an, in an interview with IGN, uh, the founders of Fantastic, their names are Edward and Asen Godefstev, I think, said the delay that was it was actually planned before the trademark dispute came to light. And their quote is, we plan to move the game's release before and plan to announce it with Mytona, which is their publisher, in a 10-minute uh, gameplay video. Uh, and then you all know what happened. So to be on the safe side, to ensure there are no more transfers, we, along with the publisher, and by transfers, I think they mean delays, uh, chose November 10th. That is a safe date given the trademark dispute. I think they just missed They just missed the board. I mean, jumping it that far back again? Right. Well, I don't so, think so. So the, the, the article goes on. It says, The good of Stevs also acknowledged accusations from followers that the day before doesn't actually exist or is a scam of some sort. Mm which I've been kind of wondering, mm. saying, it is unpleasant to hear such accusations. We didn't take a penny from people. No crowdfunding, no pre-orders, no donations. They said, the game is fully funded by Mytona, one of the largest mobile publishers in the world, who checked the game's build at every milestone per hour contract. The day before's official Discord has a commonly asked question section that isn't very good at answering questions, according to uh, volunteers here, right? So uh, this is a staff writer, Morgan Park, uh, and I, I think he's a, a staff writer for PC Gamer. He, he's pointing out that the day before his official Discord has a commonly asked questions section that isn't very good at answering questions. Basic questions like will there be quests and are there other types of vehicles are all yet to be determined. And this was from when the game was still slated for a March 1st release. Fantastic said on Twitter that it will share the promised day before gameplay footage after it gets the green light from lawyers. Uh, that also seems a bit odd to me in the case of a simple trademark dispute, but I'm not a lawyer, and maybe that sort of caution is called for. Regardless, I'm looking forward to seeing it and hoping we get to see it soon. And that's verbatim from the PC Gamer article that I referenced. But so, uh, yeah, yet again, another little hiccup on uh, on the day before. Oh my god, Thomas. I took work off. <laughs> I, know, I know. For this game. They'll be lucky if I buy it. So that's an eight-month delay for a game that so far just really does not sound close to finished. So this is what you brought me here for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I sat you down special to record this ahead of time because I was like, I, I got to get ahead of this because it's starting to pick up steam on the social medias, understandably so, because it's really like at this point, I mean, I'm sure there are people that can like dig into it and look into like the legal records and stuff like that. But a part of me, like tinfoil hat, wonders if <laughs> this trademark dispute thing is even real or if they're like, shit, we are not even close to done. We may have. You know, we've already got a lot of people saying some stuff, right? I feel like it would have been brought to the light way before and if so far. And if their gameplay video that they're going to show off now can't be shown because Which doesn't make issues. sense. Yeah, I'm feeling like they just didn't have anything ready. Somebody did die. Something died. Yeah. Life of the party. My appetite is ruined. <laughs> and my day has been soiled. Excellent. Back to you. All right, I'm ready to talk about my comic. How are you feeling? Yeah, let's fucking talk about it. You want to start? You want me to start? No, you go ahead, start. You always let me start because mm -hmm. you want to get a gauge on what you're supposed to talk about. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Sex Criminals was written by Matt Fraction with illustrations by Chip Zdarsky. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I, I found out today when I was looking through, I knew who Matt Fraction was uh, as far as like in reference to other comics that he's written. Mm -hmm. He wrote... Um, Hawkeye, My Life is a Weapon, okay, which was a really strong influence on the Hawkeye series. Mm -hmm. And then Chip Zdarsky actually illustrated, or wrote and illustrated, um, Spider-Man Life Story, which mm -hmm. is a, I think I may have talked about it on 
on the mm. podcast is maybe one of my what you're thinking about. Could have been. Um, but it's basically like, what if all of the eras of Spider-Man comics happened in con- like in continuity mm-hmm. of like, you know, here's Spider-Man in the 60s and then in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. Cool. And like the art style changes to be like oh, what it was in yeah. the 60s and 70s and 80s and whatever stories were popular in the 60s and 70s, 80s is what his story or, or what his story is. Mm-hmm. And so you get to see him like <laughs> fighting venom in space in the 2000s <laughs> um, as an older man with Miles Morales with him sure. helping him. Uh, and so, yeah, that's kind of an interesting story, but not the comic I'm talking about today. Mm-mm. But I was like, oh, wait a goddamn. When I saw Chip Zdarsky, I was like, oh, he did the art for that. And yeah. I clicked on it. I was like, no, 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 he wrote the thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. But. Here's my plot synopsis. And this is actually just the synopsis off of the... I just did volume one, mm-hmm. so the first five books of um, Sex Criminals. So they say, Susie's just a regular gal with an irregular gift. When she has sex, she stops time. One day, she meets John, and it turns out he has the same ability. And sooner or later, they get around to using their gifts to do what we would all do. Rob a couple of banks. <laughs> uh, a body and brazen sex comedy for comics begins here. <laughs> And uh, that's, I mean, yeah, that's basically the, the long and short of it is mm-hmm. they they both can just stop time when they have sex and eventually go, you know, this could be useful, yeah. <laughs> right? Let's make some money. Yeah. But the writing on it uh, is really witty. Mm-hmm. Um, like I found myself, because I, I kind of, I've read this before, sure. um, but I was like just flipping through it again to refresh my memory. Yeah. Like what, you know, what, what's, how's it start and things like that. And I found myself like giggling again. Um but the voices of both Susie and Jonathan, the two main characters, are, like, really distinct. So, mm-hmm. like, when they're either having dialogue or they kind of trade off as narrators, mm-hmm. uh, you can kind of tell who's speaking Okay. when you're reading it, you know, which I think is kind of yeah. a, a hard thing to do sometimes in uh, in writing, cause, uh, especially in comics, because it doesn't say, like, says Susie, you know what I mean? Right. So, unless you're either, either seeing that person speak or, or whatever, it's kind of... Not necessarily intuitive who's speaking, mm-hmm. right? Honestly, uh, the comic kind of has like a romantic spin to it where uh, there's kind of this buildup of Susie telling the the reader all about like how she discovered her, we'll call it a gift. Um, and like she kind of has like a little bit of a tragic backstory where her dad was shot at work, mm-hmm. um, working at a bank where like the stock market had crashed or whatever, times were tight and somebody came into the bank and, and shot dad. Right. And he was, he was kind of just a, a random act of violence. Right? right. Her mom didn't do well with it and kind of withdrew and things like that. And Susie was like, well, I'm just going to go hide in the, and she would lay in the bathtub mm-hmm. and the faucet would be running. And she, one time she was laying in the bathtub and the water was just falling. Right. And she had her first, you know, experience with an orgasm. And then she time, just stopped time and time stopped. Yeah. And she was just young enough that she's like, I didn't know that this happened. You know, like she kind of had a grasp on like that masturbation might be a thing. You know what I mean? Imagine a coming to age. Right. But yeah. we're like the first orgasm you had, you thought <laughs> you, you stopped. stopped time. Like, and, you know, like she says, <laughs> so it honestly does a good job of like kind of lampooning, like the way that both society and like school mm-hmm. educate you on sex. We're like, she can't get a solid fucking answer on if this is normal or not. You know, like she's going to the fucking library and flipping through books. And it was like, none of them mentioned stopping time, but none of them really describe like 
the sensations of an orgasm either, you know? Right. So she's like, they really just kind of go, and then you have an orgasm, yeah. <laughs> you know? She's like, what does this mean? And then, you know, her specifically, a lot of the books, like, don't even mention female orgasm because it's not a part of reproduction. And so she's like, I don't even know what the fuck's going on. So then she's like, all right, well, I'm going to go talk to, like, the, she calls them the sluts, the mm-hmm. the dirty girls at school. Yeah. And they're still in middle school, you know? And she's coming up, and she's trying to, like, talk to them, and they're basically like, what's up, bitch? You know, slut, and, like, calling her names and stuff. And she's like, um, I don't, and then she just runs away. She yeah. she panics. She can't do Good it. Good call. So she's like, all right, I'm just going to do it again and see if it happens again. And it does. And she's like, oh, my God, this is. Well, I guess this is just how it works. This is fucking know? nuts. And so then she goes back and was like, "All right, I gotta try this." She goes back to the 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 dirty girls and calls them names again. She's trying to act like them. You right. know, what's up, you uh 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 sluts? And she just keeps calling them like she just keeps calling them sluts, but keeps trying to think of new things to call them. And finally, one of them's like, kind of corners her and is like, "Let's go to the bathroom and and smoke a cigarette real quick." And she's like, "I don't want to do that." She's like, "No, no, come on." And so she goes in there and she kind of locks her in the stall with her and is like, here, and gives her a cigarette and is like, you're asking her a lot of questions and I'm going to try and do you a service that nobody did me, right? And kind of educate you a little bit. And so like, this is the brunt of her sex ed is this quote unquote slut at school that's like, let's smoke a cigarette. She's an eighth grader, you know? Yeah. I was like, let's, let's smoke a cigarette in the stall and I'm going to draw sex positions on the bathroom stall. And it's a really funny scene in the book where she's like listing off just increasingly unrealistic sex positions, you know, and just throwing out names for him. And Susie's like, just jaw. Oh my God. She's like, God stopped. And like, she's kind of hitting the cigarette. And she's like, I don't know if it was the sex positions or the cigarette, but my head started to hurt. And I, she, at one point, they don't show, I mean, they show quite a bit of the sex position drawings, mm-hmm. but at one point she's like listing them off and she says like something and it's just Susie's face and she goes, oh my God. <laughs> you know? like, oh my, oh my God. God. You know? And like one of them is just a guy putting his penis through the girl's hair, you know? And it's like, that's not a thing, you know? Oh my God. <laughs> and yeah, just increase, like, this is what eighth graders think sex is, you know what I mean? <laughs> Their hair. <laughs> you know, just coming up with all these things. And then there's like, it, it again dips into some serious stuff for Susie mm-hmm. of like, like when time stops, she starts calling it the quiet, you know? Mm-hmm. And that it's kind of nice of like escapism because she's still trying to deal with her dad's death. Sure. And her mom is pretty absent. Now, how long does uh, time stop for? Uh, so she, it, it seems to vary. Mm-hmm. Um, so we find out later, like with Jonathan, mm-hmm. that for him, time stops and starts uh, basically what's called the refractory period. So like in, in, in sex ed, mm-hmm. the refractory period is the time, the amount of time it takes from a man reaching orgasm until he is again ready to achieve orgasm. As long as he is unable to achieve an erection, time has stopped. I don't know, right? man. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> you're looking at like a minute tops, you know? <laughs> no, no, it's so slow down. Yeah. But so, um, yeah, so, she, yeah, and she's like going to her mom and is like, Mom, I have some, uh, some questions. And her mom's like, yeah, what about, you know, she's like, well, some, some like sex related questions. And her mom, who's at this point become an alcoholic, basically just goes, oh, great. So I'm raising a slut now. And she just kind of goes, that was strike three, you know, like <laughs> as far as the people that she's tried to yeah. talk to and get it, you know, get information from, mm-hmm. which is when she turns to books. So she tried a, a teacher. Teacher was like, you can't talk to me about that. Yeah. 
yeah, and tries the girls at school and gets taught to let the guy put his penis through her hair oh my while God. she's smoking a cigarette. And then uh, her mom basically slut shames her for having questions. Right. And so she's like, well, I'm going to go read books. And that sparks a love of books for her. Um, and she reads a lot of books while she's in the quiet. So she's a very intelligent person and sure. ends up taking that love of books into college. And she kind of eventually does have um, obviously has sex with like her, her high school boyfriend and he doesn't like he, he's frozen as well. Yeah. And so that's like majorly disappointing for her because she's kind of starting to gather from talking with people and like, I don't know, like watching porn and things like that, that this doesn't happen to nah. people. This isn't normal. Yeah, right. This is not rig. And so then she was pretty bummed out that like, I guess this thing that's supposed to be like a communal thing as far as like, you know, you and your partner having sex when that happens, she's just alone. Yeah. Right. And so it's kind of like not a, a cool thing for her. And then she meets Jonathan at this party that she's throwing because she, at this point owns a library mm-hmm. that is being foreclosed on by the bank. Womp. Like she's, she says something to the effect of basically like, you know, the bank will take everything from you. Trust me. You know, <laughs> that's where her dad died, you know, and how the bank's taking her library yeah. from her. And, uh, so she's throwing a party where she's buying all these books and then trying to sell the books to turn a profit and hopefully save the sure. the library. And she meets Jonathan, who's funny and he's an aspiring actor. And uh he he's kind of he gets her 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 humor and things like that because she's kind of a uh sadistic person as sure. far as her, her sense of humor. And uh, they end up hitting it off really, really well and sleeping together. And she's like, Oh man, yeah, that was nice. And he's like, mm-hmm, you know, and then she's like, wait a minute. And they both freak out (laughs) that the other one is still present, right? And so that starts their revelation that, like, my God, you are like me, you know? And so naturally they become bunny rabbits, right? Because this is the first time they've ever had that experience. You know, this is... All the time. Yeah. And uh, and it's honestly, it turns into, like, a a meet-cute, you know, of them, like, trading stories of how they discovered that they could do this and Mm -hmm. all that. And like Jonathan's experience is so much less like he calls, you know, she calls it the quiet, right? He calls it cum world. <laughs> you know, and he's like, she's like, cum world. Oh my God. You know? And he's like, well, we can't all be poetic. Okay. You know? <laughs> and, and, Next stop. Yeah. Cum world. And, uh, and I love, yeah, I think I brought it up before when I've mentioned this comic book, but like he, he just uses it at work. He'll go to the bathroom and, <laughs> and masturbate. And then when time stopped, he goes and just shits in his boss's plant in his office. And, <laughs> and I love it. It's like a recurring thing where like they do a lot of panels where it's just him at work texting mm-hmm. and you know, he's like texting Susie or whatever. And then puts his phone away and then is like, looks at his watch. And like <sighs> he goes into the bathroom and then just goes and takes a shit. But like they dedicate panels to, well, it's that time again. <laughs> I got to take a shit. So he goes and jacks off and then goes and takes a shit in his boss's plant. And it's like just this ritual of his of like that and sticking it to the man, you know. And they're like I said, they're never going to catch him. You know, no. how would they know? <laughs> how? How? Tell me. But uh turns out that John actually works for the bank that her father worked for, which is the same bank that is foreclosing on her library. Wow. Which is where the eventually the plan comes together for them that like we should rob a bunch of banks, like small branches, and then work our way up to the branch that John works at. Mm-hmm. 
because first of all, he fucking hates that place. Mm-hmm. It's the place her dad died. It's the place that's stealing her library from her, mm-hmm. right? And there's like a financial aspect of it where John's like, you know, as the economy crashes, the banks get bailed out. You know what I mean? He's like <laughs> railing against the banking system, you know, and it's like, they, they deserve this, right? And he's like, and it's a victimless crime. They won't even know. We'll mm-hmm. just, you know. And so there's some comedy of them trying to like strategize. Okay, how would we do this, right? And then they find out that they've got to be close to the bank because cars don't work in the quiet. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so we've got to be like in the alley beside the bank, right? Or excuse us and they go into the bathroom at the bank right right? and the there's this tease that's going on throughout like at the beginning of each book of them actually robbing the bank and it's kind of giving just a little little snippet of them trying to rob the bank Mm -hmm. and there's these people that are still moving that are coming to like you know come out with your hands up right and they're like what the fuck why are they you know why are they here right how are they here with us and uh come to find out they're not alone uh, you know, while they're planning the major heist on her, on the last bank, cause things are going well for them money wise, her roommate kind of like gets privy and is like, I think they're planning a bank robbery. So she calls the cops and kind of like reports it. Well, it turns out that the dispatcher is one of these, I don't know what you want to call them, like sex cops. Sure. Right. Who is like, really now, you know? And, uh. They kind of look, they look like losers. They're all dressed in like just sheet white uh, clothes. Like one looks like a luchador. Mm-hmm. She's wearing like just a, a trench coat that's pitch white. And then the other guy is just looks like he's wearing like an orderly outfit, uh-huh. you know, but they're all in pitch white and they've got like flashlights that are tasers and they're just oddly sex themed people, right? Flashlights that are tasers. <laughs> and and uh, when they get arrested by these people, uh, John and Susie are like, what, what the fuck? You know, who are these people? I didn't yeah. know the cops like did this or whatever. And Susie like reaches in the heavy set guy's pocket. that looks like the orderly. And is like, he's a fucking bus driver. Like this isn't a cop. Yeah. Right. So these are just people who've taken it upon themselves to stop crime being committed by people that can do this. Yeah. When you're ready to go again, right. Time freezes for you or, or, you know, continues. Right. right? Resumes. And so while they're all in the quiet and, you know, they're under arrest, Susie hits him with a vibrator and just in the side. And apparently it's enough of a, oh, that's erotic, that they kind of get a little horny and then they freeze. And so they've discovered that as long as they're in the quiet and they get somebody else ready to go, right, they are frozen now. And so they're like, okay. And they're like trying to stage their escape. And that's kind of where the fifth book of the, or the end of the first volume ends is like, there's this concept now that, like, <laughs> these people are being hunted. You just, right? Yeah, you're just going to come, right, yeah. and then freeze time, and then you're going to come up and start massaging, massaging balls and flicking beans, <laughs> trying to get time to resume Zoom for them. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and so it's kind of a weird, like, what? I, I, I'm intrigued. I want more, <laughs> right? Like, I, I'm very curious to see where this is going. Yeah, where is because, this going? Because <laughs> so far it was one thing. Now that you've added this wrinkle of, like, you know, volunteer sex cops. I don't know how I feel about that, <laughs> but I'm here driver. for it, you know? Um, and then I just wanted to talk about the art a little bit. So I really like the colors and shapes, honestly, because uh-huh. um, the quiet or come world is very <laughs> like almost ethereal where there's like, you can see color in the air, like steam. Sure. Um, yeah. And it's kind of, everything's sparkly and glistening. It's sort of like, I guess, trying to visualize the euphoria, mm-hmm. right? And then you're just kind of stuck there for a while, right? 
and um, it's an interesting way to just I can tell when there when time has stopped mm-hmm. because of the way the the world looks right. And I couldn't quite put my finger on what was so pleasant about just like even just the the characters looks and things like that. But it's I found out Chip Zdarsky drew um, Archie comics mm-hmm. as well, and you know how the Archies are like kind of round and smooth. Yeah, you know they're not there's not a lot of hard edges. That's kind of this. Uh, style of drawing people, okay. and I'm like, yeah, it's very pleasant on the eyes. It's nice and it's does smooth. feel does feel somewhat whimsical, yeah. You know, so it kind of already is comical. Mm-hmm. Um, it manages to be graphic without feeling pornographic, if that makes sense. Sure. Where like you know you do see everything, mm-hmm. right? Without seeing like penetration, right? right? You know what I mean? But you're never like, oh, really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or at least <laughs> I was. I'm sure. I'm sure, like, a, if a 13-year-old got a hold of this, he might be like, yo. You give me this, you know. <laughs> yo. <laughs> I said a 13-year-old, you know. Uh, it uses comedy in the drawings very effectively and kind of conveys the emotions of the characters very well, where, like, I can tell when John's telling a joke. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where between both the writing and his gestures, you're like, oh, John's being funny. Right. You know. Um, even when the characters' faces aren't in focus, they do a really good job of just kind of giving them life and so i think uh and then you know reading some of the um there's like after book Mm. stuff where Mm. chip and and matt have written notes about when they were writing the books and things like that and just to read their um writings after the fact feels very like that's just their personalities they're very funny people it seems Mm. um and i think that comes through well so uh i would definitely recommend this comic to any adults uh, emphasis on adults mm-hmm. who are looking for uh, a sweet and funny comedy that has quite a bit of graphic sex and nudity. Uh, it's a comic that manages to kind of thread the needle and avoid feeling lowbrow or sleazy while also having tons of innuendo and dick jokes. So, you know, if that sounds like it's up your alley and you are of uh, adult age, check it out. Get in it. Yeah. Get in it now. I, I definitely want to read it because it sounds really funny and really, yeah. uh, really cool. And it's different, you know. It's not a superhero comic. It's yeah, not, it, I mean, it, it's just a. It, it sounds a swanky. Fun. Yeah, right. Very highbrow. <laughs> <laughs> Very highbrow. How cosmopolitan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what you got, oh. over there, kid? So I will be talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Last Ronin. Uh, oh right. yeah. So in this comic specifically, uh, the synopsis the the plot to it is there has been a tragic accident that you don't really know what's going on that you're trying to figure out yeah, it's part of the mystery and um there is only one turtle left and we don't know who and you try to again it, it, that's the whole thing is like you come in and all you know is it's in the future mm-hmm. something bad something bad is going on with the foot clan is it, is it far future it's a hundred years okay that's mm-hmm. what i thought it's kind of like cyberpunkish. yeah okay so starting in you see, you know, this Ronin. Yeah. Um, and the turtle. The turtle. And so what happened is Shredder's grandson uh is picking up uh you know, basically the, the family business. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's uh the heir to the throne. I smoke pot with Shredder's grandson. <laughs> I smoke pot. Uh but his name is I think it's I pronounce it Hitoko. H I T O K O. Hitoko. Okay. But so me and Hatoko are blazing it up. <laughs> Straight token. <laughs> Straight token. But so this Ronin, you know, is on this 
blood thirsty you know vengeance yeah uh, adventure yeah the thing is is he's old yeah like, you know about 100 years and he's just not turtles live a long time oh yeah they do <laughs> they do but he's not doing well but then you know throughout this entire thing he's talking about like loss and you know, yeah. not and like this was a very depressing comic yeah. it was a very sad yeah um it's like old man logan but for ninja turtles yeah and it's <laughs> so weird it's because like because like I love Ninja Turtles as a kid. Yeah. Right? Like, who doesn't? And so, like, seeing one of the turtles, like, you know, on their hands and knees crying with <laughs> all of their masks laid out with their weapons broken because yeah. they're dead and that's just rubbish, yeah. but it's what he found. Yeah. And he's just saying, like, I miss you guys so much. And I'm just, like, reading this comic <laughs> and I'm, I played the Ghost of Tsushima soundtrack <laughs> to try to get more in tune. Yeah. And so I'm just... <laughs> you have no honor. <laughs> And you, you are a slave, slave to it. Dude. Too fucking That's good. Too good. But um, so then later <clears throat> we find out that the the turtle is Michelangelo. Okay. And we do find out it's, it's Michelangelo. Mikey. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert! Spoiler. That's the whole point. Jesus. Read it. Only took forty eight pages to find out. <laughs> but um, but we find out it's Mikey because he talks at the end. Uh. You know, he's fighting all these foot soldiers that are so essentially what his grandson's doing is he moved from Shredder's grandson. Shred, uh, yeah. Shredder's grandson moved from Japan to New York and broke New York up into three, dis- three different districts, um, the bottoms, middle and top. And obviously, you know, the bottoms slums, yeah, yeah. slums and you're working your way up. Yeah. And so um, he put a caste system in place. Yeah. Yeah. But then, uh, He's having all these people, you know, guarding the city. So he's just kind of controlling New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so Mikey's like, that's a no. Like, yeah. we can't have that happen. Pass. Yeah, it's a no for me, dog. So he's trying to fight them all as he can. But, I mean, they all just have these this cool armor uh, right, yeah. that's made by, uh, let me, uh, hold on, find his name. I can't Elon remember. Musk? No, I think it was. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, Elon Musk, right there. Hit the Musk himself, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know where I saw it, but somebody said that Elon Musk is short for elongated muskrat. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I think about that too often. (laughs) Elongated muskrat. I can't remember his name, but it started with an M, so we'll call him Markerberg. Um, So Markerberg is basically this guy who's just really good with technology. Right In the future, he doesn't play too big of a role, except for he uh, supplies the Foot Clan with Tech suits. Yeah. So Foot Clan's fucking up Mikey. Yeah. Like hard. They're stabbing him in his arms and like fucking chopping at his legs. Yeah. And so he finally, he's able to get the fuck out of there and he goes back to the sewers. Yeah. And he, he tries to kill himself. Oh, it worked. But he loses too much blood and passes out before he can do it. Jesus. And then we're introduced to this character named Casey, not, yeah, not, not April's Casey. Yeah. Um, but it's a a woman, yeah. and so he wakes up and uh to find out that April is there and saying like you know welcome back April or Casey April okay April's still alive April is in fact still alive and she, she is old very as fuck? very old and very cyborg not okay. really she lost she's like she's like two thirds cyborg <laughs> no she's got like an arm and a leg that are like bionic but yeah. she she looks like she's probably like sixties. Like seventies, okay, around there. Um, 
But then I'm not I'm not sure about the time because they mentioned yeah, they, it was hundred years. They so. say that Mikey because they, they t- ask Mikey how old he is and he's like hundred and something. Yeah. And I was like, well, they're sixteen. Right. Yeah. You know, teenage, there, so Ninja Turtles it has yeah. to be hundred years. Yeah. So I don't know. Who knows? Man. It's a comic not book. important. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then from there, you know, we kind of figure out what has happened. Yeah. And so when um, Hitoko first took over. He sent a message to Master Splinter yeah. saying, I want to end the war. Yeah. I want to end you know this yeah, nonsense bloodshed. Yeah. Let's just pull it together. Yeah. And all the Ninja Turtles were like, Pass. don't buy yeah. it. Don't buy this. And Splinter was like, no, let's, well, let's hear him out. Let's hear him out. But we'll just, you know, Donnie, you and me, we're going. And yeah. then uh, Leonardo, Raph, and Mikey, yeah. you guys go and fight the Foot Ninjas down here that are still trying to take over. Yeah, right. Right. They're like, all right. So, Donnie and uh, Splinter. Splinter take a plane and they go. Mikey, Raph, and Leonardo, they all go to this. It's like a, just a factory somewhere. Yeah, right? yeah just yeah. a warehouse. A classic factory fight. <clears throat> and they're all fighting and Casey and April's with them. Yeah. And they have uh, Markerberg. This is when Markerberg is like introduced to the Foot Clan. And he has these robots called Mousers, okay. and they just blow up. They yeah. can fly and blow up. Yeah, they're giants. Well, he had a bunch of them, and basically, Casey told uh, Mikey to get April to like safety, mm-hmm. and like he was like, you know, don't worry, me and Leo got this. We're gonna slice and dice him. We'll yeah. fucking meet you back. <laughs> Slicing and dicing. And it was kind of sad because like in that last frame shot, it's Casey and uh, Leo talking. Uh-huh. They're like, all right, after this, like you're buying pizza. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. pizza's and, on me. Yeah. yeah, and Leo was like. Uh, all right, but like as long as we get, he said ham, pineapple, and jalapeno. And Casey's yeah. like, you're fucking gross. Yeah, you're a pig. Yeah. And then the next shot is like the explosion, and then just uh, Casey's mask and Leo's sword just broken in half. Jesus. And it's just like, oh no. These are like, <laughs> they're dead. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I, yeah I, I watched this stuff like growing up. Like, what the fuck am I looking at? But the comics have always been a bit more violent than, oh, yeah. Like the, the, the movies were definitely toned down for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, fucking Mikey trying to commit uh, suicide. Sick, was Sabuku. it Sabuku? No, Sabuku or Sabuku? Sabuku? <laughs> Sudoku? Sudoku? Dude, when Contemplating Mikey was doing Sudoku, Sudoku shit was he gassed. was he was yeah. cutting through that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really talking out my heart. Um, but no, then we find out that the girl Casey that saved Mikey is actually uh, April's daughter. I was wondering, yeah. But the thing is, there's a little bit of a twist. And so apparently due to April and Casey, uh, not the daughter, right. Casey one yeah. is, you know, Casey two is the daughter. Yeah. Casey one and April, since they've been hanging around all the turtles and Splinter so much, they've been getting a little radioactive <laughs> mutinism in, in them, if you <laughs> getting, will. Getting some turtle juice, you know? <laughs> no, I'm saying. No, I mean. But during all that, we kind of figure out what happened Casey to... Just got, she just got three <laughs> fingers. And the, like, the claws. Mikey, there's something I got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you have a daughter. <laughs> she's just a normal looking person, except she's got turtle hands. No. <laughs> Straight up, because it gets sad. Okay. Um... So we follow up to Donatello and um, <laughs> Splinter. He fucking straighten up. Donatello and Splinter, they go. They're in Japan, right? And they no. meet up with uh, uh, 
Oh my gosh, what's Splinter's last name? His clan. I don't know. I can't remember. I'm fucking blanking on the name. Rat. Rat. Rat clan. <laughs> Again, like it's just small things. Yeah. It's like it, trying to help describe like the setting, I guess. Yeah. Um, they go to meet Splinter's clan. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to uh, visit Splinter's clan. Mm-hmm. And he gets there and they're like, oh, fuck. What up, Splinter? Yeah. It's <laughs> our boy. <laughs> Skinny penis. Rat penis. <laughs> it's our boy, Rat Dick. <laughs> so, young Rat Dick. They're walking. <laughs> And they're like trying to figure out what the fuck's going on, and like the whole clan's telling them, like, "Yeah, this is a fucking trap." <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. And like, as far as I can throw them. <laughs> and Splinter's like, "No, no, no. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I got a good feeling." <laughs> yeah, <about> this one. <laughs> so they all go out, and uh, <laughs> and they're dead. <laughs> they meet a servant of the the Foot Clan. Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, you know, we welcome you. You know, we we really want to have this bloodshed, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, cool. Where is Hitoko? Like, why why ain't he here?" And they're like, "Well, he's actually we're." creating a feast no. and he's trying to get everything in order but he should be yeah. here soon and they're like word and then the servant's like <laughs> feel sketch yeah. yeah and the servant's like we strictly asked that you didn't bring weapons like why did yeah, you have weapons? Yeah, weapons and he goes well these are just precautions yeah and like yeah and he goes well as long as we both want the same thing yeah. and he kind of jumps back and they're like we're gonna stay over here until yeah. they get here right yeah we're gonna keep things super breezy <clears throat> and then uh, Hitoko pulls up full suit of armor, <laughs> like on a horse. Yeah, he's right. ready to go to war. And with like a thousand archermen behind him. Yeah. <laughs> so Donnie looks at the Splinter, yeah. and Splinter is literally just like, <laughs> gotta tell you, <laughs> I saw this going differently. Yeah, I'm like, I gotta live with you. <laughs> this didn't, didn't see this, this one did not cross my mind. <laughs> <laughs> didn't see this one. <laughs> This did not cross my mind at all. <laughs> this was not on the agenda. Yeah, this is not in the cards. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Might be. <you> know? <laughs> really waffled it on the leadership card like, there. <laughs> if someone's to blame, that's my fault. I'll go ahead and take it. <laughs> that's yeah. my fault, yeah. Pim. I'll take the heat on this one. So they're all fighting him, right? And then <laughs> Splinter's clan pulls up behind him, so it's kind of like a war. Yeah. And Splinter and Donnie are fucking him up, and Splinter's ruthless, and he's just decapitating people. <laughs> yeah, like he left care. and right, like just chopping wood. And then you know, he tells uh, you know, H- H- Hitoko, you know, fight me <laughs> with honor. And so Hitoko's like, oh, this motherfucker this starts bitch. getting off his horse. You rat bastard! <laughs> yeah. And the damn rat started running and <laughs> threw his sword at him, and just lands him right in the fucking chest, and he like falls back. And then like you know his uh <laughs> like the damn rat, <laughs> the damn Splinter. rat, yeah, <laughs> running on all fours, yeah, you know, catching speed, yeah. He's so his, his, uh, the. Hitoko's uh, teammates were like, oh, are you okay? And he's like, get yeah. the fuck off me. Get the fuck yeah, off me. Man, give me some room. And, um, but then, you know, he's like, all right, I'm going to get off this horse. I'm going to fucking run over there. And when I say fire, you tell all those archers to fire. Yeah. And they're like, all right, but. All right. Yeah. And so he's, they're running over there and doing like the yeah, real dramatic duel. Yeah. And, you know, it just turns out, uh, he basically pushes Splinter back and then, you know, Starts firing the first wave of arrows. Yeah. And as soon as that first wave comes in, Donnie gets in the way and, like, takes all those hits. Yeah. And you just see, like, and he he died pretty quick. Yeah. Like, he jumped in front of him. You see all those arrows in him. And then, yeah. like, in the next cutout, he's just on the floor. Damn. And it's just like. like he didn't get a dying word or no, anything. Yeah, he's no, just he's dead. just dead. He yeah. saved he saved his dad. Yeah. And I was like. <sighs> and then Splinter. And then, like, 
He just looks at him and goes, You were a fucking fool to believe me. Second row. Arrows. Done. My and I was God. like, dude, these are like... <laughs> you would figure these would be like badass, you right, know, yeah. epic fights. And it's just a fucking bloodbath. Yeah, it's a slaughter. So fast forward to now. Yeah. Okay. So present day, you have Mikey, Casey 2, Casey two and April. And Raph died. Raph died with Leo. Okay. Yeah, he was with them, but you didn't see any of his they, stuff. They didn't make much of a deal about him. just his yeah. sigh. Yeah. But I will say, starting off in the comic, they did a really good job of making sure you don't know who it is. Yeah. Because starting off, uh, Mikey's, he is very all over the place when it comes to his emotions right now, mm-hmm. which, you know, understandably, yeah, so sense. he lost all of his family. Yeah. But, like, he learned, uh, you know, the one thing that Splinter did leave back that the clan was able to retrieve yeah. during that battlefield is Splinter's book of oh, like okay. all of his yeah. teachings. Yeah. yeah. And so he like read that book, like mastered all of all martial arts, yeah. like uh, memorized uh Raphael Donatello and Leonardo's all of their fighting skills and yeah. all their fighting stances. So he's just he's a all beast. Them. Yeah. But he's not funny anymore. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> he's just got that thousand yard stare and he's yeah. just he's waiting to die. Yeah. And so fast forward to then to to now Casey 2 is starting to realize like I'm not normal. And Mikey's realizing that. And Mikey yeah. comes up to April and is like, That bitch only has three fingers. Like, Baby, listen, yeah. What's up with the fingers? <laughs> yeah, you're making me nervous. No, but she was like, Yeah. So she's explaining everything, saying, like, I think since we were hanging around you so much, you know. You guys are putting off vibes. Yeah. And so she is fine. She's just a normal girl, except for she has a little bit of enhanced strength and sure. healing, which yeah. I was like, How fucking convenient. Right. Yeah. As you do. As you do. <laughs> Fucking, I'm hanging around turtles and I get fucking <laughs> made fun of. So I get <laughs> made fun of and salmonella. I spend all my time hanging out in the sewers with turtles and eat pizza, and all I get is fucking dysentery. Trash for it, yeah. <laughs> Eating pizza, drinking gray water, you know. Uh, anyway, but so yeah, Casey too is like. Mikey, you should train me. And Mikey's yeah. like, no. I want to learn. And she's like, pretty please. Yeah. And he's like, all right. All right. <laughs> Twist my arm. Yeah. And so uh, April has formed this uh, resistance, mm-hmm. you know, essentially. And so the whole plan is they're going to try to go out and stop, you know, the Foot Clan. Yeah. And they try once, really, without a plan. And they're like, oh, let's just fucking do this. Let's go in. Let's go Real ninja sneaky-like. And, like, Mikey does make the joke. He's like, come on, let's just be... Sneaky like ninjas, yeah. in and out. Yeah, they, they fail. Yeah, they fail real hard. But then, you know, they try again, and they get more of, like, the resistance to come in, and it turns into this, you know, big, beautiful war. As <laughs> This big, beautiful war. But, like, you know what I mean. Like, it's yeah. it, it's horrifyingly beautiful. Yeah. Right? Because you see everything, and, like, all of these people are just, uh, you know, people in suits through uh, Markerberg. Yeah, right. You know, so they're just, you know, they're not really anything. Yeah. They're just robots yeah they're decked out but then you got these people who like with heart who want the city back and yeah. you know, they're fighting with reason so it's, yeah. it's really pretty to see that um and then mikey's like all right you guys are doing that i gotta go fight splinter yeah or uh shredder yeah and so he goes up there and they're all talking and he's like all right shredder the third shredder the third <laughs> shredded <laughs> shredding shreddy but so, Shreddy Van Halen. <laughs> Slash. Yeah. <laughs> Focus. 
So they're talking, and basically, Shredder's like, check this shit out. I got nanotech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just it's swallowed. Do it to him, you know? So they're fighting back and forth for a while. Him, you know? And he's real, He's trying to find, uh, you know, because like he's getting his shit pushed Rocked. in. Yeah. Like, he gets, like, stabbed in the side. Yeah. And, like, he gets slashed through the gut. Like, yeah. he's breaking a shell and shit like that. Jesus. And then at the end, you know, he's trying to find, like, a weak point in <laughs> yeah. his armor. Yeah. And he's able to, like, he, you know, once the, they fell down off a building, and as soon as they fell, he saw that, like, his armor was regenerating. Yeah. So he's like, well, maybe if I hit him hard enough, so while his armor's trying to regenerate, yeah, I'll, up. Yeah. You know, I'll strike him with a sword. And he does that a couple times, and he's getting him to bleed. Yeah. But the suit's... You know, yeah. go, going right over, and it's compact. You know, it's stopping the blood loss. Right, yeah, it's putting pressure on it. Yeah, so there's not a whole lot you can do. So they, to his face. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know, like I said, they fell off the building. He, you know, Mikey's like, I gotta get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Yeah. I'm bleeding out. Yeah, I gotta make so, like a tree and get out of here. <laughs> naturally, he jumps into the sewer. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, April's fucking around with like all the hoses and the the stuff underneath to try to get like a big wave to go through. Uh-huh. And you know, so they're fighting in there and then that big wave comes through and they fall, you know, break through this glass and they land in this mud pit and there's a really powerful scene where Shredder's talking to Mikey and he's telling him he's like you fucking did all this right, all yeah. the way out here just to fucking die in the mud you nasty monster yeah and Mikey's like don't you call me a nasty monster <laughs> you son of a bitch <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna beat you up so you a nasty monster yeah, shows him a nasty monster <laughs> and basically Beats him with Donatello's uh, staff, stabs mm-hmm. him with the sword and the sigh, and Using then all the weapons. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but then he ends up, I think, just drowning in the mud. He beats him to a pulp where he can't move, and then just flips him face forward, and then <laughs> just shredder. Mm-hmm. And he tries to <laughs> swim drowning out, and shredder. then he just sinks in. And I'm like, oh. And then Casey too comes in, right? Because she's like trying to find him and yeah. you know, come after him and everything, and. He gives it the book, and at the end of the la- the very last page, yeah, it says uh, "No Peace" was mm-hmm. written in there, mm-hmm. and you know everyone's like, "Why? Why does it say no peace?" I thought the whole thing was about finding peace, and he yeah. goes, "Well, the thing about finding peace is it's not real." Mikey's right. convinced. Yeah, but at the end, he changes it and puts a, a K N O W and gives it to Casey too, and goes, "Yeah, you know, your training's done. Yeah, read this, yeah, do no this, yeah. no peace." Yeah, and then it the comic ends with New York being restored, everything go, kind of going back to normal. Yeah. And then Casey, too, coming home to April, and she's like, yo, what's for dinner? And she goes, I have whatever you want. I'm not that hungry. Pizza. And you know, she walks over, and there's a dome with four turtles in it. And yeah. she's like, God, I can't wait for you guys to get older. I got so much to teach you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they were reborn. Yes. But I was very sad, because Mikey dies. Yeah. Mikey, yeah. Mikey ended up dying. Yeah. And so I was like, they are all dead the only one that got like a cool death is mikey yeah like the other ones were really just blown to bits unceremonious yeah and i think that's why it was really sad yeah i apologize for like how choppy or like back and forth it is but it's i mean it is it's just a a brutal like this is just kind of what happens and the story just marches it doesn't stop it on yeah which i really liked about it yeah it doesn't dwell on it but that took a while sorry oh you're good you're you're so good baby Mm, beautiful but uh, what uh, what you been thinking about? I think what you meant to say is welcome back to Chris's Cryptid Corner. I'm your host, Chris. My screen's bright. Yeah, oh. I just saw your face is wall. 
So this one, instead of having one, I have multiple short stories that I've collected from various websites that are just spooky. Yeah. I like when I read scary stories, especially in the dark. It makes it spooky. And some of the ones that I have are... You can make my feet like curl up where I'm like, there's something on the table. A little bit, especially this first one. Especially this first one. They even got sounds or pictures? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But honestly, I don't think you need them. So this first one called Mommy's Home. <laughs> Suckling on the teeth. A father is lying in bed after just waking up. Oh, I thought my tablet died. <laughs> it just turned out. I was like, no way. Say psych. So a father is lying in bed after just waking up. He grabs the baby monitor and walks to the desk in his office at home. He has his baby on the baby monitor and hears his wife singing to her. He cracks a smile as he hears uh, hears his wife saying, go to sleep, go to sleep in a nice uh, melody. Suddenly, from the front door opens, his wife comes in with the groceries. Yeah. I don't know, this is like a short one, and I got a couple in here, but that made, that one made me think of, uh, what's that one... It's not paranormal, but it's about the movie about the guy, the two people breaking in, and they like kill the the homeowners just because they were there. They were home. They were like robbing them or something. Oh, the the strangers. Yes. Yeah. That's what it made me think of at first. Is like, what if it was like that? But did you get that from like two sentence horror stories on Reddit? No, because that's a pretty decent subreddit. If you sort that by best of, there's some good creepies on there. I'll definitely check that out then. Uh, another one I have is. What's in the basement? Basements give me the willies. Yeah. Especially if, like, they're unfinished. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude. Barbarian? Stop, nah, stop playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mama! Yeah. <laughs> Gave you chills, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw you. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said that didn't, bro. <laughs> Ooh, bumps down the back. Mama. <sighs> What's in the basement? Mother told me to never go in the basement, but I wanted to see what was making the noise. It kind of sounded like a puppy, and I wanted to see the puppy. So I opened up the basement door, and I tiptoed down a bit, and I didn't see a puppy. And then Mommy yanked me out of the basement and yelled at me. Mommy had never yelled at me before, and it made me sad, and I cried. This just sounds like a... (laughs) That's it. No, no, no. (laughs) Then Mommy told me never go in the basement again. She gave me a cookie. There you go. That made me feel better, so I didn't ask her uh, why the boy in the basement was making noises like a puppy, or why he didn't have any hands or feet. Oh my god. <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, these are fucked up. <laughs> that wasn't even scary, it was just fucked up. All I saw was red, and we'll stop it on three. Do you know this one? I think I do. Does guy go to the hotel? Is it that one? Can I tell it? Be cautious of car crashes. That's going to be the one I'm talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> but then, yes, I'll let you tell it. But don't get too comfortable. This is my corner. No, I know, I know. Pretending to be asleep doesn't work. All right. All right, so this is the all I saw. Was, all I saw was red. Mm-hmm. I check into a small hotel a few kilometers from Kiev. It is late. I'm tired. I tell the woman at the desk I want a room. She tells me the room number and gives me the key. Uh, but one more thing. Uh, there's one room without a number and always locked. Don't even peek in there, right? So I take the key and I go to my room to sleep. In the middle of the night, I hear a trickling of water. and It's coming from the room across the hall. I can't sleep, so I open my door, and it is coming from that room with no number. I pound on the door. There's no response. 
I look in the keyhole, and I see nothing except red. And I can still hear that water trickling. So I go down to the front desk to complain. Uh, you know, hey, there's somebody in that room leaving the water running. And uh, she looks at me, and it's like, the, the room without the number? Oh, yeah. You know, there's just somebody in there, you know, with their water running on. And uh, she looks at me, and she begins, begins to tell me a story. There was a woman that was murdered in there by her husband long, long, long ago. And her skin was all white, except for her eyes, which were red. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Colin? Yeah. What have you been thinking about? I'm playing the shit out of the Dead Space remake. Yeah. I was I was watching you play it for a little yeah. bit. It's, it's spooky uh, shit. Yeah, so it, it's done a really good job of, like... So I, I don't remember the original well enough to know, like, major differences. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my understanding from what I've read so far is that there really aren't major, major differences story-wise, except apparently the ending is is pretty different. Um, but honestly, story-wise, I remember the second game more than the, the first game, so mm. I'm not... Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, but, I mean, I haven't heard negative things about the changes, so that's good. Uh, but I do remember it enough to tell you, like, the parts that are the same. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for instance, I walked into a room that I, like, distinctly remembered. Oh, my God. There is a horrifying <laughs> jump scare in here. Like, I, I don't remember where from or, well, but I know that this room scared me. And so then I kind of honestly built up my own like anxiety you know what i mean mm-hmm. so then when it happened i was like, oh. was like oh, that was what i was expecting yeah you know motherfucker Son of a bitch but graphically beautiful yeah i think the the appeal like the visual appeal of dead space being like the the lack of a hud mm-hmm. is like perfect for the you know something of this like high visual f- uh, fidelity mm-hmm. you know where like now that it's built for ps5 you know 4k right having no hud and that all of your like health and ammo and all that is just built into like the holograms that his suit projects and things like that it really is immersive mm-hmm. of like <laughs> isaac clark is just doing his best right <laughs> he's just trying to get through this and like there's nothing that beats the anxiety of going into like the vacuum of space segments. Mm-hmm. You were you kind of watched mm-hmm. some of that, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Where like you cross into it, and like I've gotten further on from when you saw, and so they're really kind of stretching Ooh. out how long you're in the mm-hmm. vacuum, and like you've got a, you can find oxygen canisters that you can t- refill your O2 with, or you can find like stations on the wall to refill your O2, right? Well, like there was one section where I had to cross like a a chasm mm-hmm. uh, inside the ship, like the engine rooms to um, do some maintenance. And you have to like ride a, a service, like lift mm-hmm. of sorts, or like a tram kind yeah. of across this, this a chasm monorail? of sorts. Right. <gasps> but you're in the vacuum while you're doing it. And so you're just, you're sitting there on this tram, like at the mercy of how long it takes this tram to move as your timer is just on your back. And the, the detail that they added is like, and I'm pretty sure it was that way in the original game as well, is like you can hear Isaac getting panicked and short of breath as his O2's running out. So he's like, bah, 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 and you're like, you know, and you get to the O2 and it's like, and he goes, you know, and then you're like, you turn around and there's just, and but they do a really good job in the vacuum too of like, 
there is no sound outside of his suit. Mm-mm. You know, it's so, like you can kind of hear his footsteps, but only through like radiating in his suit. You know, right. so you hear like the vague muffled like, boom, boom, boom. and so there can be enemies, and you just can't. And hear. You don't know that they're there, right? From audio, and you're starting to get attacked and shit, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've basically lost one of your senses, you know, and it's it's nerve wracking trying to balance. Like, all right, I gotta. I, I got to manage my, my ammunition. And that's one of the things that it does the best, I think, is using... Uh, so it, it intentionally makes its enemies uh, bullet sponges. Mm-hmm. Insofar as the very first weapon you pick up is the plasma cutter. And it's basically a pistol that shoots a, you know, maybe one foot wide beam of, of laser, right, of plasma that cuts things. Hence the name plasma cutter. And when you pick it up, there's like smeared blood on the wall that just says cut off the limbs and you're like okay you know what? All right. and you quickly gather through combat and through like the people that you arrive on the ship with telling you like these things won't go down right if you chop off their their limbs shoot off their arms shoot off their legs that's how you kill them quickly mm-hmm. honestly if you can take off a leg and then an arm they die yeah problem being these things are fast at so times. you gotta, you gotta so, be able to take that leg and arm yeah. off. Yeah, and it's hard to not panic and just pop, 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 mm-hmm. And you know, it does a good job of making you go, "Oh, dude, I've got so much ammo. I'm flush with ammo." And then throwing four or five enemies at you, you panic and you just do an ammo dump, and then you're like, "I have no ammo left, and I don't know well, the next it, when time. I'm gonna get more." Right, right. And so it really leans into that survival horror. And I remember that from the first game. They really didn't didn't mess with just the the real like the soul of the game mm-hmm. being like you know you're stuck on the spaceship with these freaks and you don't have a lot of ammo mm-hmm. and you've got to keep your head on you know figuratively and literally <laughs> right you know but uh it's so good and it, i really love the um even just the aesthetics of it mm-hmm. of being like this dark grungy uh very industrial spaceship it's it's a mining rig yeah so it's not like, you know, this beautiful, you know, science sleek and shiny, you know, it's like it's a it's a place where miners work. Yeah. Right. And it is it, it is scary. And I, I'm really glad that, like, it feels good as like a survival horror game. It feels like a game that is as old as it is as far as like, man, this is a game from a bygone era. Right. Yeah. You know, this is a game from the early 2000s, late 90s. Right. But it, it really works as a modern game, too. Mm hmm. Um, and so I think it does honestly do a good job of being, being a new or an old game that's been remade, feeling like a modern game as far as like, man, it looks good. Controls, it feels maneuverability. Controls well, yeah. But then just at its soul being like, this isn't something that they make a lot of. Mm-mm. And when they do, it doesn't always turn out good. You know? And so I think so far. It's nice to have that win for yeah, that. Yeah. But that was my little review of Dead Space. <laughs> it does make me, I've seen a lot of people saying like, would you play a Dead Space 2 remake? And I'm like, yes. So yeah. Dead Space 2 is a little bit more actiony, but still balances. I compare it to like <laughs> Aliens to Alien. Okay. Or like Terminator 2 to Terminator, you mm-hmm. know? Of like, we're going to make the sequel the same, but more action. But more. Right? And then Dead Space 3, I didn't like as much because it was, they did co op, but then they really cranked it up to just be like an over the top action. Mm. Um, and so it really kind of cheapened a lot of the horror in it. But I would like to see. I would honestly be cool with Motive, which is the EA studio that redid this. Yeah. Take a crack at a new trilogy. And then I've seen a lot of people saying, well, if they change the ending of this enough, maybe they could just kind of do like a reimagining, yeah. honestly, of like he, if taking that ending and going into what two would be mm-hmm. from that different ending. Mm-hmm. And I'd be cool with that. Yeah. 
And yeah. I'd like to see them try and make co-op work. Yeah, I mean, we said before, co-op horror can work. You that know. is the thing is it can work it's it but it's, but hard, it's hard to do yeah, yeah it's but a, it's, it, it a, can it's a balancing work. act but yeah you just gotta you gotta be good something at it. that dead space 3 did that i think is a decent idea is it played with showing things to one of the players but not the other so that like we might walk into a room and because without getting into spoilers for dead space you know this 15 year old game there's a, a a monolith that like messes with your mind okay and can make you hallucinate and stuff mm-hmm. so you can come into a room and one of the players is seeing a baby on the floor and one of them is just seeing a crate, you know, and like that baby starts crying and there's music playing for one of the characters, but not the other. Right. And so you're like, Oh my God, what is that? And you're like, what do you fucking mean? You know, it's a box. And so that's an interesting thing that that I don't know that they necessarily pulled off well, but I think if you, if you gave somebody that's a little bit more skilled at the scary and, and I would like to see him take a crack at that. Cause you even asked me like, is this multiplayer? Yeah. It looks cool. Again, we want to thank you guys so much for your attention and support. If you guys enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a great review. Uh, like, favorite, follow, whatever the, the phrasing is. Subscribe to us. Um, word of mouth, obviously, is a great review for mm-hmm. us or you know, great help. So share us on social media. That's right. Um, <laughs> we do have our Facebook group up, right? That's right. We do. Yeah. How would they get in touch with us? You can always reach out to us. You know, you can take a look at our YouTube, Instagram, Facebook at Simply Whelmed, a podcast. You can always take a look at us at our Twitter handles, Whelmed underscore Simply. And if you wanted to send us any spooky stories, uh, you wanted to talk about our praise and our truth of, you know, the gospel, <laughs> uh, you can definitely send us an email at simplywellmailbag at gmail.com. Yeah, and I do have an email for us here. Let's read it. So this is written to us from Ghosty. And they say, hiya, Chris and Colin. Uh, After being introduced to your podcast a few months ago, I've been using my work time, where we're allowed to listen to music and such, to get caught up. I finally made it. Though I've been tempted to write in a few times, the subject line would have been related to old episodes. Mm. Um, You know, you may not have remembered the context, uh, so I held off. Anywho, down in Whoville, I absolutely love the dynamic between you two, and I love hearing what uh, what you have to talk about every week. I look forward to the news segment as well, because uh, being a single mom, it's hard to keep up with the latest in pop culture, which is unfortunately the bread and butter that makes me, well, me. Mm. They go on to say, outside of praising you two, I wanted to offer Chris a recommendation for a cryptid and thought it might be more of an urban legend surrounding the small town I'm from. The werewolf of London, Ohio is a fascinating story, they say. Ooh. Uh, at the very least, it's fun to read about. Also, I can relate to Chris's fear of death, and you guys talking about immortality in a previous Bingo. episode made me think of a good book series you might be interested in called Scythe. Book? <laughs> I have to like, read? Are there pictures in this book? <laughs> no. I, I do like me an audiobook, so... No, I, I, could, I could get down with it. Uh, it's about a society where we evolve to the point we don't die, and they elect a group of people essentially to kill at random. <laughs> See, like it all get like people are still dying. Like I can't. Yeah. That could be me. I could be selected at random to die. <laughs> That's not cash money. All that to say, I love you guys, and I think you're doing an amazing job. I look forward to more episodes, and I hope you guys follow through with doing one uh, on creepy pasta. I remember oh, a few weeks back we talked yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, quite a few years ago, one of my friend's little brothers introduced me to Ben Drowned, which opened up a whole new world of scary stories. Don't worry, Colin. Squidward's suicide stuck with me too. A follower, a follower of the Church of Whelmed ghosty follower so we do in fact have a following (laughs) we've got a flock start we are not a cult no we need to make that abundantly they said it right here church yeah exactly follower of the church of simply wound says right there can we church of wound like i want to let's make our estate a church (laughs) deem it to be 
I think we have to buy like IRS law to be tax exempt. We have to be like 10, 10 people. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Really? Yeah, we can get. Dude, we could do that. Cat, we could do if that we, so easy. All right, we got to do well enough that we hire ten people, right? Okay. And then ten people reside inside a building or work inside a building, and we worship, right? Dude, we worship <laughs> us. <laughs> Stephen or what? Uh, John Oliver. The uh, last week tonight, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they 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 went through the legal process and made themselves tax exempt as a church just to prove how flimsy that tax loophole was mm-hmm. and like they did it yeah <laughs> like they successfully did it in our tax exempt church why why can't we do it that's right why can't we be friends so um let's make I that saw, happen let's do it that's our <laughs> that's our stretch goal so i saw a meme that made me think of you and then that email helped uh refresh me i say a meme it was just a, a thing on the internet okay name your eight great grandparents right so, you know, your grandpa's mm-hmm. mom and dad, right? Mm-hmm. Can you name any of them? By name? Mm-hmm. Do you, do you know any of your great-grandparents' names? No. That's how close you are to being forgotten. Ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> Stop. I don't like that. But then again, I haven't met a lot of my family. Right. Which I think is why I enjoy doing the genealogy. That's still sitting heavy on me. Like, how are you going to drop? Like, I tell you I have a fear of death, and, like, you're just going to fucking drop that on me ten minutes later. <laughs> You're all right, bub. Let it let it settle. I did that. <laughs> Next week, uh, I think we got to go see Knock at the Cabin. That comes out this Friday. Yeah. And then uh, I do still want to talk about, like, see and talk about Megan. I'd like to see the menu. I think that's something I'm probably just going to try to watch by myself. I know we try to, like, watch it together. Mm-hmm. Our schedules have been so fucked lately, and I know coming up here soon we have holiday hours for Valentine's Day, so... But uh, that's the end of the show, Chris. Uh, Tell everybody bye. 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 Bye.